Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Jennifer Weiner with us here tonight. Jennifer, really appreciate your time. I'm going to direct everybody to your website because uh, you're really building out a new uh, site there and you've got a book coming out called The Renaissance Real Estate Agent. So you can find her at renaissancerealestateagent.com. I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. So head over to reimastermind.net for that or do a little swipe right on your podcast app and find those links. But uh, Jennifer, really appreciate your time here with us today. Namaste. I'm happy to share and collaborate. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we I, I get a little ribbing for having so many real estate agents on the show, but I mean, there's so much we can learn from each other. And I, I for some reason, I don't, I, I feel like there's kind of a, uh, a miss uh, when it comes to like, there's some sort of uh, conflict between realtors and real estate investors. And uh, I think there's more for us to learn from each other than anything else. So I, I appreciate oh, absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I mean, gosh, it's uh, I got my start here. You know, I know where you want to start, but you know, collaboration. What you were saying was collaboration's everything. And I know there's a Darwin quote out there. We're in going into some Darwinistic times, right? And uh, you know, it's not the most intelligent man nor the most capable, but the most collaborative man that ultimately survives. Because like, you know, say we're sitting here and I can kind of, you know, be visionary and kind of see one maybe step forward, but listening to you, it's like another step forward. And, you know, we bring Janet in and we bring Kyle Whistle in, you know, all your mentors and you have a clearer path. You'll be quicker to change because you'll change before you have to change until changing until you after the fact, which 18 years in the industry, starting out as an investor, Coming from nothing, like not a capitalist in my family, you know, it's like losing everything and building it up. Had I had the tribe I had back then, you know, would I really have lost it all or would I have hedged my opportunities and, you know, fast track here we are today in in a time where collaboration's never been more accessible. So it's exciting. So, yeah, well, taking that note, you know, you talk about collaboration, but your book is going to be focused on unlocking the systems for your business. But um, a big part of that is, is that collaboration and building a team, right? You know, I, um, it's, it, it takes, it takes a village, right? Like we used to be like, we, th- we forget a lot. We forget like our ancestors a hundred years ago, we're starving. We forget that a couple hundred years ago, we lived in tribes, you know, we had tribes. And so we have lived this industry, this world, you know, very uh, solo, more like we're soloists. You know, now I think, you know, in the last 10 years, we have seen a lot more people collaborating, a lot of business um, brokerages or models that are based on collaboration or coaching programs. But, you know, now that I experience a collaboration at super high level, you know, it's so important to understand who you're getting, you're collaborating with, who you're getting your wise counsel with. And to me, like life's greatest teacher is experience. So when you're like, you want to go somewhere where somebody has been like, and they're there and they're willing to give you wise counsel. It's like that. Those are the rooms that you put yourself in. You know, I love to be the dumb person in the room. So 
you know, and the, the conflict, you know, we, we look at conflict. I think you said there is a conflict between agents and investors. Well, you know, conflict is healthy for every single relationship, even scientifically, it's healthy. They said for an average couple that if they get into 12 or more uh, arguments a year, it's something like that, um, that they're doomed. Or 12 or more arguments, I think it's like a, a month. But uh, if they got in less than I think six a month, that they're also their relationship was doomed. So it's like you there could be too much or too little, but help conflict is healthy. And you know, even if you're sitting here, a doctor and a scientist, or I mean, scientist and a artist, don't we all have a lot to learn from each other? But specifically, agent and investor, for sure, because that's how I got my start out. You know, I saved my money from waiting tables for years until I had like fourteen thousand dollars to buy two homes here, um, coming from Orange County, because you know, both of those homes. My both of my mortgages was less than my rent of what I paid to rent while I was going to Cal State, whatever. And I was a teen mom, so I supported my daughter. And you know, it was a lot of hard earned money I put into investing. What is the American dream? You know, and that's real estate. And really, I feel like that real estate is the last freedom. And if that's the last thing we like can agree on, we do it together. But real estate agents and real estate investments, they go hand in hand. You know, we we have run Financial Freedom Fridays where we talk about acquisition of real estate. Um, I have four team members right now. I run a real estate team and four of them right now actively have their second home in escrow while renting out their first. Um, and I it, my advice, you know, and my daughter right now, she's look, my oldest daughter bought a home in 2020. Uh, she's made about two hundred thousand dollars of equity. I said, uh, bad news is you can't rent it out. You can't sell it because of the interest rates. You have to, you, you take a HELOC and then you can buy your, you upgrade your home. So I'm kind of coaching my family, but uh, my great grandma came from Ireland um, in 1903 from the British, um, you know, the British had a genocide going on over there, but literally she came here, had to go through indentured servitude to have the freedom to own real estate that we didn't have where we came from. So sorry, that was a little long winded, but I get a little passionate. <laughs> no, that was great. I think, I think it's great to hear like where you come from and where you are and where you're going. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, it really helps other people's envision what this path is for themselves. So, you, you know, one of the things I think is interesting is that you were an investor first and then became a realtor. What made you do that switch or make that addition to your, to your career? You know, I mean, I just saw how they went hand in hand. Why only do one division of the same industry? You know, I do. I'm also, I do, you know, I have a title. I have insurance. You know, uh, we have rental portfolios. We work with investors. We work, we've done land and development. And, you know, it's also all resale opportunity. And it's really like, I love building too. So I build and there's like a system to everything. And I've had to, build, sometimes build, tear down, rebuild, you failed more than I've gotten, but it's, it's the systems. There, there's an art and there's systems to everything. And I mean, even before I had my first assistant, I had systems. I mean, when we comp properties and we go into investment strategies and we have numbers, what do we have? We have systems, but what real estate is and what it, my book talks about more is uh, how to unlock each person's individual strengths, right? So you have you master the basics, you want to build, you want to scale, you want to have, 
you know, multiple streams of income. You want to have generational wealth, legacy leave kind of money because the more money you have, the more you can give away. I know as the, the psychology of money, the way like where I grew up in my experience was like money is evil. And I'm like, if without money, we don't have choices without money, we don't have freedom. And without money, we, you know, how much can we help? You know, so with that being said, you know, we are in a renaissance right now, right now, like we have all the biomarkers that our market is in a shift. Um, uh, like it's like us getting into a DeLorean and going in back to March of 05 when we had the first markers of the market shift. And, you know, by like November of 05, we were in the full market shift, yet it didn't hit the public until two years later. Now we're in a completely different set of circumstances. I think we all know, right? We're not like a, you know, subprime for 40,000 homes on the market, uh, 30,000 are vacant. No, there's more demand. And this one thing that we cannot change is the supply. You know, we and on the top of it, we're not just in a market shift, you know, like most agents have ego from not having to go through the 08 years. But, you know, we right now are both in a market shift. We are in four out of the five trade uh, wars, the types of wars countries can have, which is interesting. Um, so we live in uncertain economic times. Um, but the industry in itself is changing. Because ten real estate is 10 years behind every other industry in the most emotional industry in the world. And we are in a technology re- revolution right now. That's really is the renaissance. We've like kind of pioneered to the last freedom here. And now we're pioneering to Mars, right? Elon Musk states five years minimum, 10 years maximum. And I want to be the first expansion team on Mars, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but seriously, back to Earth. And especially here in Phoenix. You know, we're the proud recipient of every tech company, marketing company. Let's see if our business model works here. I've got $200 million and we have to level up and see if their model works, work with them and be able to pivot and pivot fast. And, you know, I've had to learn how to pivot fast from a very young age. We think we flipped 50 homes in uh, 2011 when the market turned around. Sometimes I'd be driving and I would have to pull over to the side of the road and be able to comp a property on the dime. And but being the agent I am, like being the artist that I am, uh, you know, I market the crap out of my listings and I get top dollar and I take a lot of pride in the art and the science of the negotiations. Because when you start out on yourself, you you know, help your daughter buy house, you help agents, you've helped over you know, a few thousand families like negotiating is fun. So, uh, and, you know, maybe that's the Irish in me, but yeah, that real estate investments, real estate um, agents, like the time of resting on our laurels and kind of like going off our charm and you know, staying comfortable, like it's just so a serious and sober time because winter is here. The Renaissance is here, but four out of the last five recessions, real estate performs the best. It is going to be a little Darwinistic though, because there are a lot of shady wholesalers out there. There's a lot of agents whose business plans are simply their emails and their text messages. So it's time to step back and, you know, begin with the long-term in mind, because sometimes we forget the basics and then building on your niche on that art. And we know, right? Like we all know that there's more opportunity in a down market than there's ever in an up market. You know, it's just grit. Ready for grit and plan and accountability and again wise counsel and I can't stress that enough because I wouldn't be here today like if it wasn't for the people that have helped me get here my mentors my team and 
you know, the, the haters too. Like I've got to thank them because they put a chip on my shoulder and, you know, and that anger is the closest thing to passion. So. (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things that I, I, I find interesting is that you talked about uh, getting in systems in place and you had your systems in place before you even had your first assistant. Oh, yeah. That is, you know, I have to point the fact out is that a lot of entrepreneurs, I mean, frankly, we, we just don't think that way, you know, to, to get those systems in place and, and because you get the assistant and now what do they do? You, you, you really had the forethought of putting systems in place. If, and, and so where did you start? Um, when I was a kid, and I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm going to go here because uh, sometimes like we forget uh, the magic we had when we were kids and actually how we can apply it today. But, you know, I had insomnia my whole life and I would build out worlds in my mind and I could go into those worlds to go to sleep. Um, I was uh, forced to like one of the most boring schools and churches like I could have ever been subjected to. And I used my imagination to get out of it. So there was always systems in my life because I knew me, you know, so like, for instance, like I, before I even had an assistant, I'm like, oh, I think this is like, oh, three, like I would have a, you know, you're going to write the same thing over and over, right? Like, hi, Mr. Seller, congratulations on your escrow, whatever, yada, yada, yada. And you're going to do that for like 30 different types of emails. Well, why would I copy and paste? And I wasn't a tech wizard. And this is oh, three, but why not make, um, why not put on a word doc and copy and paste? Here's an ad copy and paste. You know, then they had canned responses. Okay, you could just build those in. Oh, we could just put YouTube. I loved YouTube because I could start building YouTube. But when I, you know, I I leveraged right away with an assistant um, when I didn't know what I was doing six months into the business because I got, you know, calls on, you know, I'm like actually really a lazy person on the inside trying to find a way to work really hard to be lazy. But like I like knew my clients needed service seven days a week, yet I'm not willing to do it because I do have four kids today, one kid back then. Um, I do need personal time. I like to have fun. Um, and I like, well, I don't know how to relax, but I like to try to learn how to relax. I like to learn, basically. But um, so I got an assistant, you know, but then when the market hit, because at that time I was building luxury homes, I had an assistant, I had a real estate business. Um, I had multifamily, single family, you know, I was young and like pretty much 08, I torched everything. But when I went to rebuild my team, uh, what I forced myself to do was lock myself into a room for seven hours. And it was the most boring thing I ever did. But I just screencastify. This is 2010, 2009 or 10. And um, I screencastified everything that like was administratively action plan, just all of the dumb shit that you do. (laughs) And I had made that list over a week of just like, oh, my God, I'm doing I'm uploading files to this program. Write that stupid thing down. So I made all these videos and have it had an unlisted uh, list and we have better systems today. So it's my first system by myself. And uh, I hired a VA and actually they were with us for like seven years until we upgraded and we have like four different VAs now. Sure. No, yeah, that, 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 and you know, that's the simplest process to get the, get your processes documented. It's just doing a screen recording of what you're doing, the repetitive nature. And it's just, just a great, easy way to pass on the knowledge. 
Yeah. And you know, it's, there's numbers in everything, you know, it's like, if you know your dollar per hour and like, sometimes you're like sitting here and you're like, Oh, I have to write this email. And I, you're like thinking, Oh, maybe this email like should be like updated on the canned response. It's not as nice. And, you know, and should probably screencastify this to, for my VA, but let me just do this really quick. It'll be faster. You know? And then they say that, like, you know, you count that time, you know, like say it's like four minutes to themselves or 10 minutes to like make that screencastify. Or maybe it's even worse. Maybe it's 30 minutes and three minutes. But like very quickly, you can see that you are doing the same stupid thing and that the time that you spent doing the same task over that course of time, which like what, 30 days, you'd already like been over the time and you haven't improved your business at all. You know, so it's like looking at things from a scalable way and, you know, looking at things from a business owner perspective, because like, you know, we, like, we think we do, we should do everything or, or like, Oh, I don't want to give that up, you know, control issues and all that. But if you went into a restaurant and you saw the person greeting you is also the chef, that's also the bus boy and the dishwasher. I think you'd probably be a little nervous, right? Mm -hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense as entrepreneurs too. Like you mentioned, uh, we have a hard time letting things go, but, uh, I, 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 I've brought this up a couple of times on the, on the show that uh, we've kind of romanticized the concept of the hustle and the grind. And, you know, we, we, we talk about making a living and that generational wealth and, and, and the like, but what we're really trying to do is what you mentioned earlier is to buy some time back, but we find ourselves busy with things that, Busy. We need to, we need to, yeah, we, we, you know, a good example is, and I keep bringing this up is I, I ran into somebody not too long ago and uh, they still hadn't gotten their first property under contract. And I said, oh, so, but they, but they were so busy. Well, what would you, what have you been working on? And it turned out that they were working on their logo, the next mailing, a few other things, and they weren't actually getting anything mailed out. They weren't actually making those phone calls. They weren't actually doing those things that actually would generate or take those steps towards their first property under contract. They're busy, but not productive. Yeah. I hear busy a lot. And I think we just sometimes like language is getting to the point where we need to like, sometimes it is back to the basics, but sometimes this is like why, or like, you know, busy has gotten very like watered down. And, uh, you know, like, you know, time is our biggest commodity. And what we are all commodity dealers, even in relationships, if you've heard of the five love languages, right? So in like, we know neuroscience wise that all execution actually comes out of the um, right side of the brain, the creative side. And like, in my guy, I was gonna say Socrates, I mean, I, I mean, uh, Albert Einstein, you know, the the curiosity has its own reason for existence, the mysteries of life, the marvelous structure of reality. It, you know, when we actually surround ourselves by imagination, and it's sad that most people stop dreaming after the age of 30. Warren Buffett made all of his money after the age of 65. But every like every time I pick up a Da Vinci book or a Socrates, or, I mean, I'm just a bookaholic, so anytime... It's it's so important that we underestimate the point of R and R. Having like like doing things that like fill our souls, you know, fill our spiritual. I mean, I'm an introvert. If I do not get two hours of learning per day in, I turn into um, kind of a, kind of like a bitch, really. But like that is just who I am, and because I know it, you know, I systematize it. And 
we do, if we don't give our families, our kids, you know, the best version of ourselves, it's not like we just show up to work like, oh, I'm jumped into my work body now and uh, this is me. No, we are the same person. And, you know, there's so many great and like amazing people, some of us that came before us, some that uh, are with us here today, and some people that will come after us. But Marcus Aurelius is one of my faves. And, you know, he said, you know, the, the greatest thing you'll ever conquer in yourself is your life. You know, and there will be a lot of external coming at you. But the one thing that you can always control is the internal. And when we do give ourselves that time, you know, that time where we need, like, I swear by yoga, I call it the CEO one hour vacation. You know, I literally only think about like not dying, like the whole time. And I actually is don't think about a single thing I'm supposed to do. And then the minute I get in the car, guess what happens? My imagination opens and all the ideas that I had like, thought about because I was so busy being busy wasn't like actually executing on. So that's what we coach to. It's actually in the book. We talk about family spirituality, not trying to sell you on a belief system, but to put it in your calendar, show me your calendar and I'll show you your paycheck. You know, time, time is your biggest commodity. How are you using it? Do you even know, you know, can you even track it? Because if you don't, My website has a very easy time of your life exercise that can, you know, and it's very simple of simply like writing down every 15 minutes what you're doing, you know, keeping your calendar update on your calendar and be honest. Then you can actually really look back and see what is my time? Where have I been spending it? And what kind of feelings or what kind of activities are like, am I bringing joy or am I just angry all day? You know, ask yourself these questions because, you know, we have to be passionate to do what we're going to do. We have to want it so freaking bad. It's not about being casual. Like you have to want to win. But when you have that winning mindset, you know, and it defeats normal, it, it happens. Like I've lost money so many times. I mean, there was a time that, you know, I was like suicidal, you know, this was uh, 2008, 2009. And uh, back then I drank alcohol today. I don't, I'm uh, surrendered in 18. But defeat is the closest thing to hope. You know, they say it's in our darkest nights that we find the light. But, you know, when you channel and you know how to master your emotions and we are an emotional market and no matter what the houses are, the houses, it's the people, it's the people we need to be. And it's the people we're working with. Are we doing good for them? Are we providing them a service of value? Could we be better? Can we provide the best client experience no matter what industry you're in? Why shouldn't that be the goal? Win-win solutions, right? Do we have to be profitable or we don't keep the doors open? But when you have those win-win, we're being authentic. We're putting our money where our mouth is. Yes, we fail. And we'll tell you about our fails Um, because that's what collaboration is about. Just like, look at me, you know? And, you know, I like found this quote. I thought it was really cool. You know, like nobility is not being superior to your fellow man. True nobility is about being superior to your former self. And that's a Ernest Hemingway. But again, it's like we're here, agents, investors, wholesalers, fear that's guiding the nation. You know, who do we need to be and who do we want to help and in what capacity? Because there's multiple capacities. And, you know, the artist, capitalist and me gets really excited about all of those opportunities. I think it's interesting you said that if you show me your calendar, I'll show you your your check, your paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say that during the work, what are you what are you saying there? Work hours, you better have like 
income producing activities or are you saying to find that work-life balance, you have to actually plan that and put that on your calendar as well? I'm getting a lot of nods. Yeah. It's all of the above. Yeah. I mean, I, I teach this in my coaching and, you know, I like say things like, uh, you know, the top fortune um, Forbes 500 companies, they calendar sex into the calendar twice a week. It's a happiness metric. But no, I seriously say put date nights on there. You know, like I know for me as a, as a entrepreneur that, if my employees like aren't like happy, it's really their spouses that are, it's almost more important to keep happy. So have, make sure I tell them, put date nights on there, have team nights, put all your non-negotiables, right? Like for your personal life, I'm going to be at my kids games. I'm going to um, work out in the morning. I'm going to have an hour of reading time at the night. I, I like go, I like playing tennis. I'm going to put tennis every Thursday, whatever, put your non-negotiables of what it's, what it is to take a, um, to have a life. And hopefully you're going to build more of that personal time and you'll have more, but you know, action blocking, you know, it's like so important, you know, what action, like when am I at my highest energy peak, which is usually, usually in the morning for most people, you know, to do this action that is like, usually it's like the stuff that you don't want to do that you need to do the most. Right. So I'm going to action block that at the beginning and I'm going to have accountability around it. So if you don't have any accountability or ownership about it, um, then it's not going to help. So reconcile your calendar at the end of the day. You know, I like color coding like pinks and purples for spiritual and family um, and then like red for criticals, uh, green for money making activities. You know, there you can color code it however you want. But like, I just think it's very important to be visual, like have a visual you know, and if you took this practice, you know, it probably takes about an hour to set up, right? And you start getting better. At the end of the day, it really should only take you about 10 minutes to reconcile your calendar and look at tomorrow's calendar. And if you can't give yourself 10 minutes to do that per day, and maybe it takes you 20 minutes the first time, then you just like that you deserve what you get. You know, it's like the same thing over and over. It's what sanity. Yeah. No. And, and what I, what I think is interesting and I think a lot of people lose sight on uh, of frankly is, is when you said non-negotiable activities on your calendar, I noticed that you said your, your kid's baseball game time with your spouse, you know, it, it was those, those, I don't think a lot of people actually see those as non-negotiable. I unfortunately see those as, as the things that can get pushed to the side. Oh yeah. And then like how get how imaginative and productive are you going to be when you just like, you know, your, your husband's like screaming and yelling at you because you guys really haven't spent time and seen each other over the last couple of months. Cause you've both, both been working hard. You know, it's like, is it going to, are you going to be the best leader business owner? Are you going to be like making those calls as good? Are you going to be as focused? Probably not, you know, so if you're taking care of your, you know, when we talk about exercise here on my team and, you know, I'm a big, I've overcome an autoimmune disease holistically that was actually going to take possibly my life, um, ulcerative colitis, but one of, don't take it for me. We all think that Da Vinci is a, Leonardo Da Vinci is pretty smart, right? But one of our core principles is keeping our bodies, our vehicles in shape, you know, and like it, it's not that incredibly hard to be able to make a commitment, right? Three times a week to go to the gym, maybe yoga, you're going to be nicer to your family and your clients, but um, phys- having your physical be- being, this is energy. Energy is everything. And if you're not putting your health to as a priority 
and putting those into your calendar, like you're not going to have the energy. And how do you how do you perform when you're exhausted, tired, burnt out, frustrated, bitter, resentful, like probably not as high energy as you need. And simply the neuroscience and the spiritual science behind it. Do it for yourself. You're going to like your future self will thank you, I promise. Um, but yeah, it's um, it, it's when we talk about coaching, yes, I could talk to you about social media campaigns or, you know, this is the latest script that's working, but we don't talk enough about the who's, the what's, the how's, the why's, like the deeper questions. And at the ultimately, like the ownership piece that every single individual has to take at the end of the day. And that's like who you are. Sure. Well, just a reminder, everybody head over to Renaissance real estate agent.com. Check out Jennifer's book. It should be out when you hear this show. And, uh, uh, but Jennifer, I really appreciate this time. This was, this was a great reminder of, of how to achieve that work-life balance. And, and frankly, when, if, if anybody has any hopes of scaling, they have to take your advice regarding being, putting those systems in place. So, but before I let you go, is there a thought or a question you wished I would have asked you here tonight? Hmm. Hmm. You said that would put me off. Is there a question? Because I'm just a philosopher, Art. But uh, is there a question that uh, you should have asked me? <laughs> well, I, 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 I would struggle with that as well. But um, one of the things that comes to mind is, is um, regarding scaling. Like, could you elaborate a little bit around once you put the processes and systems in place, how it impacted not only the time you had available for your your family and, and personal time, but how it impacted your income? Yeah, I pretty much had to do a PowerPoint presentation to my husband because he doesn't understand the scale of money like I do. Um, I also believe in domestic leverage. We actually coach on domestic leverage. Um, I was cleaning my house and yes, I am the world's best cleaner. This is just an example of a scaling, like how I first scaled, but it's taking me five hours, six hours every weekend and on top of clients to clean. And then I would have no time off. And what do we just talk about burnout? So I actually took this from Darren Hardy, but I looked at my dollar per hour, crunched the money actually have a volume breakdown analysis on the site that will help break down your dollar per hour. So you know what that is. So anytime you're doing a $20 per hour job, if you're, if your dollar per hour is 500, you've cost yourself $480 and then start to also replace time for R and R. So if you were to even kick back in Netflix and chill for six hours instead of cleaning and you play your cleaner 125, you know, my dollar per hour, I, I just made like 5,000 bucks by paying a cleaner. So if you're looking at people, like you're going to leverage off systems and there's a lot of systems you can leverage. There are things you can leverage with. I'm going to outsource my CTO. You know, I'm not going to have an in-person CTO. I'm going to outsource my CFO, but I'm going to have an integrator and I'm going to have an integrator that oversees, um, you know, at, at this point divisions and silos of people, you know, that work within each other. But if you're looking at your time as a commodity, and I actually had to do this exercise this year, because my, um, my one year, uh, my word, one word of the year is cadence. I believe there's a cadence to everything is kind of what we're talking about here. But I knew I couldn't add anything to my calendar, nowhere to put it. So I really had to tear it down 
and kind of rebuild it with that cadence. Um, cause one thing that does not give me energy is meeting fatigue, <laughs> but the energy, like in-person meetings, coaching, speaking, uh, I do have to shoot content. So I pretty much had to tear my calendar, rebuild it to the highest producing, um, activities for me to be doing and taking myself out of all those things and activities and meetings that I wasn't like, it was not my highest and best use. And I've only been able to develop it through time, through my mentors, through implementation, through experience, failing along the way. But the way I look at time is if this hour can't buy me like 10, like if this, like if I'm just trading another time for money thing, you know, it's not an upgrade, you know? So we're looking at like, you know, every year I want the next floor problems, the next floor problems, but everything that I need to implement needs to scale. And where I thought, like I always had like an abundance mindset, my mindset is constantly getting checked because we haven't seen a ceiling in real estate yet. You know, it might not have experienced it yet, but we are in like record breaking times, you know, where you can be a real estate agent or investor and also be a serial entrepreneur while still providing a client experience if you choose to do so, you know? And I mean, like no matter how you feel about Elon Musk, the fact that what he's done, maybe he's alien, but how does that not inspire you to think bigger, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, and, and yeah, I really want to meet Elon Musk and I am inspired by him, but yeah, it's your future self. I keep thinking it's like, we can only see things from our perspectives and sometimes it's just our perspectives from the present. Sometimes it's from the past, but when we're having to try to imagine a perspective that your future self would have, and when you really think that big, like you might need to think about like taking more time to look your operations on what will actually scale because we all live with limiting beliefs and we all live with doubt whether we are aware or not. But the more you unlock it and the bigger you can think, like scaling is exciting, you know, because we are in the technology and the intellectual like revolution. So it's technology, it's mind, it's imagination. And it's in unprecedented times. So, you know, I am a Star Trek junkie. So I can imagine like go where no man has gone before, you know, kind of a mindset. Yeah. Don't get me started on Star Trek. So. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Next generation. I had that, uh, that. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've watched those episodes. So in my head, I'm like Captain Kirk and Spock. They're all in my head. <laughs> Little versions well, of I, I want to remind everybody one last time, renaissancerealestateagent.com. I'll have that link in the show notes, as well as Jennifer's uh, links to her Instagram pages. You've got quite a few followers there. Uh, I know you have your YouTube channel. I'm just going to make sure to have all those links in the show notes, reimastermind.net. So Jennifer, I really appreciate your time. And uh, you're welcome back anytime. I hope you'll take me up on that. Yes, no, this was fun. And it was fun talking to you beforehand. And definitely be talking to you after. So thank you. Namaste. It truly was an honor and appreciate uh, the opportunity. If you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing, if so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time. 